Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oakfield, the uh, president and CEO of Vacuman, who sponsored this fine program, uh, is with us once again. Uh, I, listen, I want to jump right into this. First of all, I'm good to have you back. Hope you're doing well these days. On the program last week, you you talked to us about uh, artificial intelligence, which is uh, which is a thing these days, obviously. Uh, and you talked about voice recognition and how this thing is is developed. And and uh, and again, this sounded so futuristic. But uh, you've been working on this for the last couple of days. And you uh, tell us about what you found and and what you're going to do here. I think it goes without saying that if we're talking artificial intelligence and all of the future of where we could go, Bill, I think we could honestly say that this could replace multiple people, multiple voices, you and me, possibly even in the future for that matter. I don't know if it's perfect, to be honest with you, uh, but if if this is a, a, a testament, the, how I came across something like this was the fact of you know, how people can have their voice recorded and how they're using it as phishing scams where people call in and say, hey, the president wants me to give you some money and they're mimicking voices. That's the kind of futuristic thing we're seeing as far as uh, where and what, uh, you know, audio can be done using artificial intelligence. So, and and we started, I think, the conversation talking about uh, AI and how, uh, for instance, it's writing essays for people, you know, in school and things like that, and and that technology, and it's but not as reliable as people might think, but it's still astounding. So, this the voice AI here is is really kind of freaky. So, uh, I I know you've done some work on this. So let's, for the sake of our listeners here, uh, play the clip, and and w- then we can come back and talk about it. So, Bill, the question you want to really ask. Is this really Adam Oldfield's voice? Actually, this is an artificial intelligence software called Resemble. I think we can all feel confident that Adam isn't going to be duplicated anytime in the near future. This is just a sample of artificial intelligence with voice duplication. I typed in this script and it now is mimicking my voice. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but give it a year and this could be extremely dangerous. I'm now going to hand it back to the real Adam to continue the show. Wow. Is that, <laughs> that crazy, is, Bill? I mean, yeah. He's I I, a little like more a cold. I, in fact, yeah. <laughs> I shared it with Michelle when I first did this, and I go, you know, I recorded a little message exclusive from my wife, Michelle, and she, she kind of went, um, you kind of sound off. Just, you know what the biggest issue is? It doesn't talk as fast as I do, Bill. That's how you're going to know the truth. <laughs> well, nobody does. You, you, um, you can't replicate that. That's just not going to happen. So as, as far, but you know, the reality of this is that, uh, and how I did that folks is that I, I had to read almost a book and they give you a bunch of, of, of articles that you read. And so I was reading it and then it uploaded it. And it was funny, Bill, I got a notice three days later that said, sorry, we had difficulties with your voice and mimicking. It took longer for our computer to, uh, to properly justify. So, uh, maybe my voice is that unique, Bill, that, uh, even computers are going, wow, this is a tough one. Um, but it took about three days. Now, why this is where it could be handy. Say, for example, that, you know, you want to do customer service or, you know, you want to be able to, uh, you know, use your voice as a small business, but you're out there, you know, in my case with Vacuman, I mean, I'm very busy during, <laughs> during the day when I'm not doing the show, I'm actually involved with HVAC cleaning, working with customers and otherwise, but there might be a message that I want to send out or, uh, you know, and, and all I had to do is type that out. I just typed it into the computer. The computer then within seconds took my voice once it was uploaded and converted it very similar to what you just heard. And so this could, I mean, you know, be a good thing in the case of simplifying and making it efficient for being able to, you know, use your voice. 
Otherwise, uh, you know, it, it's been used in the negative context where a lot of people have had voice calls that sound like it's their boss instructing the accounts department that they need to make a payment. That's where it's been used. And that's, um, you know, to a point of uh, in Germany, 200,000 was sent to a to an account uh, giving authorization. So it's got good and bad to this uh, premise. It's not perfect, uh, by to, to say the least, but it's going to get better, I guarantee you, in a year from now. So just, I don't want to spend a whole show on this, but I mean, it's so fascinating. So just the, the way this thing works now, uh, you type this, but it's already got, a, a, your voice is on, oh, I was going to say it's on record, but the, the, it knows your voice and it's using your voice to put what you just typed into, into uh, an audio piece. That's right. Yes. That's all I did last night. All right, that's I, just, I recorded that's just weird. it and, and it took 10 <laughs> seconds to do. That's just, that's just weird. And I can see how scam artists would be using this. You know, yeah, Adam called me yesterday and said I had to pay him $500. Adam didn't call yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Adam called me yesterday. Uh, so, And it's it's close enough to, as you say, it's not perfect. It's not ideal. But it's close enough to to that realistic thing that you'd, you'd say, yeah, it's Adam. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's got, you know, it, it's got tinges to it. You know, my daughter even heard it and was laughing and said, wow, kind of sounds like you. My father said, you sound like a cold. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little nasal, but that's other, other than that. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, well, we're going to talk more about this in future shows. I know, but it's just, this is in its infancy right now, but it's being used extensively for good, bad, and, and ugly, I guess. But uh, you know, uh, that's now governments are going to jump in there and start saying, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to regulate that. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's another story altogether, I guess. Uh, let's let's get into some of the other stuff that we wanted to get into with tech too. Um, and uh, one of them, of course, because uh, we just had a discussion on the show a little while ago before you joined us uh, about fuel uh, for cars, and we're talking about EVs and all sorts of other things right now. Uh, and uh, we're saying that there are other things you can do too, uh, besides uh, electric cars. That there's other technologies that can be used uh, to fuel these things and to get them moving. And and you've been talking about uh, hydrogen renewable energy for quite some time. And I know that uh, at least one of the big uh, automakers, Toyota, is is heavily invested in that. Yeah, they've been very invested. In fact, Toyota's putting a lot of their eggs in that basket. Not that they're not involved in the electric environment, but oh, they yeah. believe that the electri- the electrical concerns with having enough energy to be able to power and utilize mobile mobile EV vehicles is going to be uh is going to be an issue. So, uh, that said, Toyota's got their heavy investment in hydrogen renewable energy to a point now that they are actually in Japan creating uh, electrolysis uh, equipment that is actually utilized hydrogen that more or less electrifies electrifies the water in a fuel stack. This is not just used for cars, Bill. They're claiming that this could be the energy source using hydrogen through water being electrified, that it could then power homes. It could power uh, businesses. It could power communities. Um, So it's not just a vehicle side where we're seeing engines generated and using hydrogen as the source of of how to, uh, a clean source for that matter. Um, But they're also now creating, call it hydroelectric panels that are utilizing hydrogen and we may see them. And why that's important is like remote communities for argument. It's it's hard to believe that there are still remote communities in Northern Canada that are running off diesel, um, diesel fuel. 
And, you know, as much as we like, well, no, everyone's got electricity. Not the case. It is it is seriously an issue. So this is a, abundantly available. It will be a new clean energy source. And it's going to be uh, Toyota's the big backer by this. I, they're really taking a risk only because they're one of the only manufacturers that are putting a lot of their, well, you know, pardon the pun, energy towards hydrogen mm -hmm. as an electrical source. Interesting stuff, and more to come on that as uh, we get deeper into this in EVs and everything else. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Adam Oldfield's here with Tech Talk. We do this every Friday. Uh, listen, before we get back into the tech stuff, first of all, congratulations, uh, because you, a vacuum man, of course, uh, won an award, the Spectator Platinum Award and the Reader's Choice Awards. Uh, way to go, bud. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? It, honestly, I've never won an award before, Bill. I mean, I don't get a lot of awards if you go, if you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like, you know, you just keep plugging. So I just want to say thank you. That it was, you know, you don't realize being recognized for an award really does make you feel good. So we were, we were not won the Platinum Award uh, for furnace and duct cleaning in the community. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that voted for us, because first of all, I didn't know I was nominated. Number two, the fact that I actually won is just, uh, it's great. I got a puffy chest. I'm walking around and high-fiving people <laughs> on Barton Street, and they're all just wondering, what the what's wrong with you? I'm like, it's okay, pal. Thanks for voting for me. So anyway, you thank go. you, everyone, for uh, choosing us as, uh, as one of your top choice for furnace and duct cleaning. Now, while I'm on the topic of duct cleaning, uh, one of the other things that I know you've talked to a client about this the other day, uh, that some people are getting into the habit of right now, it's called fogging. Uh, and, yes. and it's basically, it's an air circulation system. That's what your furnace is, right? Uh, you want hot air sometimes, you want cold air if you've got air conditioning in, in another season. Uh, but they figure, hey, the best way to kind of get, you know, circulating air and, and, and freshness is to, what they call fogging. In other words, you put something into the system. Now, I'm told that's not a very good idea. Yeah, real quick, I just want to mention that sometimes you, when you do this, it, you know, as you comment, it's an air circulation system. Think about it as you've got your air circulated in your home and fogging puts a deodorizer or a chemical and there's obviously environmentally friendly, non, non allergetic. However, different people react to different systems or different chemicals. So we really don't always, we don't encourage it, Bill. I'll do it if I'm really pushed. So in the case that there's a fire, say you had a fire in your house, it's been cleaned, you may need to have a, a deodorizer to go through and just kind of like clear up any of the chemical elements that might be in the air duct system. But if you're just having a standard cleaning, like you've had renovations, you've had pets, you haven't cleaned it in three to five years, then it's don't, you don't need it. And I don't recommend you do it because it, first of all, it's very quick. Uh, it doesn't last long because once the blower's fans on and you're blowing the air through the system and it's circulating, it doesn't last long. Number one, number two, the air that it does circulate for the three to four days that it is in your house, you may have, or someone may have a reaction to uh, the deodorizer that goes through in the chemicals in your air duct system. So unless you've had a fire, uh, I hate to say this, a death, uh, or, uh, you know, say a critter or a rodent happened to somehow find a way in your air duct system, pass away, and that air, just it keeps circulating that, that smell, then you may want to consider it. But just for the standard cleaning, really don't recommend you do that. Okay, there's your uh, vacuuming tip for the day then uh, here on Tech Talk. Uh, I, I saw this story, and I, I just had to get your comment about this, about invisibility cloaks. Now, anybody who's who's read the Harry Potter books or, or seen <laughs> the movies, or both, I guess, the, the Potter fanatics, we know all about the cloak of invisibility. Uh, but this is a thing. This is not just a Harry Potter creation, is it? Or a J.K. Rowling creation. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I, you know, Michelle's right into the Harry Potter. I, I've had a, you know, I'm still catching up on Harry Potter lingo, Bill. I, I, I know <laughs> it as Star Trek, the cloaking device, you know, with the wrong yeah. ones. <laughs> but however you look at it, cloaking is is a thing. And of course, it was sci-fi fantasy, as you will. This is actually something that was developed, and Maryland College Park had been working on developing and implementing the new, It's call it a cloak of invisibility. So uh, the way it works is using nanotechnology that's uh, kind of bending light, kind of like mirrors. And the ability of this cloaking device is that it would be able to mimic something disappearing, um, very similar to how the movies display it. So uh, they're still working through it, but they were making a comment that they've made milestones in advancement. Um, in developing an invisibility capability of using wavelengths. And again, to the human eye up close, which is between 10 to 50 feet, you'll be able to determine there's something wrong or distorted about what you're seeing. However, it's getting better and it's just curving. It's using curvature in mirrors and using LEDs and, is, and of course, uh, you know, mimicking the electronic components of what's behind you <laughs> looks like it's in front. So anyway, the point is the cloak of invisibility, folks, it it's a thing. It's existing and it's going to be developed and is continuing to be developed. They claim 10 years or less it will exist in its entirety. All right. I, I got a couple of stories here about satellites. I wanted to get the, your read on. Uh, we've, we've seen the launch, you know, the, the SpaceX or whatever it is, and these great big, huge booster rockets. And, and, and you know, I figured, boy, that costs a ton of money just for fuel alone. Uh, what's this going on at Brown School of Engineering right now? Instead of, uh, of fuel, they're using AA batteries. <laughs> well, this Are was you a kidding? test. So there's I, two sides to this. They did a test and it managed to hitch a ride on Elon Musk's SpaceX when it was flying into low over orbit. And the test okay. they had was it cost $10,000 um, for the satellite. Now, folks, just so you know, we're talking a satellite normally is millions of dollars. I don't know what the actual price tag is, but they wanted it at the, at the college to create an inexpensive satellite. And how they did it was they developed it with a $20 microprocessor. They managed to put in 40 eight Energizer AA batteries. Now, don't get me wrong. I guarantee you, Bill, that, you know, Energizer is going to be using this for their marketing pretty soon. And it's <laughs> no been kidding. running for 10 months, 10 months. It's been floating in orbit, operating and communicating. Now, it doesn't do much. This isn't very much an intense satellite, like sending electro waves or, you know, using cell technology, using satellite or television for that matter. It's just a communication to showcase uh, visual from space. And they wanted to prove that a satellite can be done on a low voltage. I guess 48 batteries is not low. It's quite a bit, actually. But a Costco pack of double A's, a $20 processor from your old cell phone, and you can build yourself a satellite. Now, also, to, I'm going to segue this into how they're getting into space. This one actually launched with Elon yeah. Musk, as I mentioned. They have a new device in, in Nevada, and it, think of it as a massive spinning wheel, and it's called the Spin Launch. And how it works is it spins satellites. This is how they're getting satellites into space. This is real, folks. I'm not making this up, by the way. This isn't made up radio tech talk. This is a real thing. It spins 10,000 times the, 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 the weight of gravity, so 10 Gs. It spins a satellite and then flings it into the air, almost like a slingshot, and it fires it up into the sky. And once it gets into low orbit, obviously gravity and otherwise can now catch it, and it then will float. Why Why is this the case? Because it costs millions and millions of dollars to send rockets and fuel, uh, the environment. This thing just spins and then throws satellites into the air. And if we're going to throw, as we hear, Elon Musk and, and, and Amazon satellites that they're going into the sky, for less than $500,000, 
they'll uh, be able to throw 30,000 of them up in a matter of a matter of a few months versus years. All right. I, I just about, I literally have a minute left here, but I got to ask you about this because I was a big fan of, of Mission Impossible, the TV show, uh, you know, the impossible mission group. And they go and they, you know, knock off a dictator. Anyway, he'd get his assignment. It was usually in a reel to reel. That's how old the technology was back then. And this tape will self-destruct. So there'd be no evidence of it. Uh, and this is a variation on this theme right now. Uh, a melting spy robot. That, that yes. Just, it, well, talk to it, us about this. This is amazing. Yes. And, and and of course, the spy robot sounds very more cool, right, Bill? Because, yeah. you know, but it was actually going to be used for uh, for medical reasons. They've got a robot that actually can deliver or, uh, you know, help with uh, delivering medical uh, d- devices, uh, uh, you know, say for a wild animal or a remote area where people need medicine. These little tiny robots particularly will, after administering or delivering, or in the case of taking a photo of a dictator, whatever it is, um, will melt. And it will disintegrate and it utilizes UV light or heat. Once it's at a certain temperature, it will liquefy. Um, Where researchers are really using it is there um, for internal organs, for example, say they were going to administer a specific uh, cancer um, uh, deliverable medicine. They can do this by using this robot goes in, administers the medicine, melts inside the body and then comes out without any harm. But uh, these are now uh, nanotechnology robots that are being able to safely uh, be delivered and then melt away without any, I guess, residue or otherwise. Wow, that's weird. Great stuff. Great show today. Listen, we do this every Friday at 1135. Tech Talk brought to you by Vacuuman. Adam, thanks again. Uh, Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you soon. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.